This is episode 445 for November 2016, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. And before we get on with this episode of Spider History with JR, I want to ask for your support. Log on to our front page at SpiderManCrawlspace.com. Look on the right-hand side, and I put up a new widget where it makes it a little easier for you to throw in a, a few bucks into the PayPal pot. That's hard to say, but that's what it is which uh, the money goes to help for bandwidth costs and also website hosting. And it takes a, a bit of money to have 400 plus MP3s up on our server for you to download 24 seven. Since I last gave a shout out, we've got a few more people that have helped out. So thank you to David, Nick, Patrick, Amadeus, Stephen, Alexander, Craig, Christopher, Octavio, Eddie, Laura, Andrew, and Jason. I appreciate all that you have given and help us pay the bills gang. All right. JR's ready. Let's get into Spider History. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to Spider History. We're going back to November 1996, 20 years ago, JR. My God. Yeah, boy. And that was a terrific Halloween we just had in the last month, I tell you. Wasn't it, though? Oh. It, but uh, Amazing Spider Man, we're still in Volume 1, which I wish we still were. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Volume 1, number 417, written by Tom DeFalco, pencils by Ron Garney, who's doing a nice run currently on uh, Daredevil. Ron Garney. Yeah. Yep. He also did, I also liked his um, run on when he was, I think he was the artist on Back in Black, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. he was, with JMS, that fight with Kingpin. George and I did that on Fight Club. I love that fight in the prison. Oh, that's a great fight. I mean, that's uh, that's a... Uh, that's a great story. I mean, it really is a good story. I mean, uh, it, it, it's just a shame that it all was, you know, thrown into the shitter with one more day uh, and, and brand new day. And frankly, I just can't believe the Kingpin would have the balls to take on Spider-Man after that, to be honest. Yeah. I just really kind of find it, you know, I don't know. But then again, so many crazy, I don't know, so many crazy things happen with brand new day and one more day or all kinds of character violations. Judas so. Traveler is on the cover. Well, that, the what is that? What is that? You got tired of my digression. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, he's, I'm, like, I'm, he's like rolling along because, you know, old I'm man. Mo- I'm moving forward with the covers. That's funny. This is story time with JR, and you're ruining the story. I am not. I'm, I'm guiding the story. All, all that's missing is a blurb here is uh, hurry it up, JR. That's all that's missing. <laughs> He, he, he's doing he's doing the whole uh, finger in a circle thing, like you know, my keep goodness. you know, like in the newsroom. What? My goodness, I don't know what oh, a finger oh, in a circle. Oh, okay. I, I was thinking about another a finger in another circle, but that was something. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to paint a picture for the listeners what the cover looks like. Uh, of course, you are. Spider Man has Judas Traveler on the ground, grabbing him by the lapels. He looks dead. The Traveler and the Scryer, everything you know is wrong. Yes, everything you know is wrong because everything you knew about Scryer and Traveler had been previously established by J.M.D. Mateus, who I'm not sure whether he knew where he was going with any of it. And apparently yeah. nobody else did either, uh, <laughs> something which I think is uh, is actually noted in uh, Life of Riley. Um, Judas Traveler, if you remember the... Well, anyway, issue number 417, the clone saga is finally limping to its ugly horrid, bitter, nasty, flea-ridden, mangy, ungodly end. I've lost Zach on the line. He heard nothing of that. 
I'm still trying to get Zach back. Oh. He, can hear, he can hear it on the replay. Oh, wait till you hear what he just said, Zach. Oh, my God. All right. What did he say? Oh, wait till the show. Go ahead, JR. <laughs> I, said, and here, I, I said, and here we are, unfortunately approaching the end of the clone, the clone saga, one of the greatest Spider-Man epics of all time. Yeah, I'm sure that's what you said. So. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, is, that is probably a, bla- a blatant lie, knowing they are. But that's so okay. Still shorter than the damn slot plot. <laughs> <laughs> the Doc Ock slot plot. Yep. You know, it's kind of, actually, I had, because uh, I'd written my notes on this, but I opened the... Um, the uh, cover or open the uh, book to page one and uh, just kind of noticed that uh, there was a uh, in memory of Mark Grunewald. He knew all the secrets because the um, the the, the uh, t- title of this story is called Secrets. Uh, it's written by Tom DeFalco. And uh, I just thought that was interesting because I think DeFalco was really close to Grunewald. Grunewald. Uh, and, I've, uh, yes. I've always wondered how different Marvel would be if Grunewald hadn't died. Like how, how yeah. that would have affected the course of events, and 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 if he wasn't going, you know, to become uh, or take on a much bigger role than he did. Well, and had um, had Marvel not done the five editors in chief bogus bullcrap during the Clone Saga, Mark Renwald was who Tom DeFalco was grooming as his successor, mm. and uh, when they did the five editors in chief. Uh, Bob Harris won out because the X-Men sold the best. Which is crappy because I think Marvel would have failed, fared much better with Grunewald. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's kind of hard any, anymore. I mean, just everything was just going to hell, at, you know, at that point in time. I mean, I know that, uh, uh, you know, Harris and his cronies kind of helped, you know, steer the ship even deeper into the morass, but I almost wonder if anybody really could have, you know, helped it. And then they know? do it for DC later on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but it was, but it was interesting. I just thought this was, because uh, I remember, and I forget who, I forget who wrote this and who said it, but it was, but they said that Grunewald was the last guy everybody agreed to like at Marvel. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, the, the story starts. Real, real quick, Grunewald, if you like uh, Grunewald, check out Quasar. No one ever talks about Quasar. I like that book a lot back I in the I thought you were talking about a defunct TV. Quasar. You know, like Curtis Matthews. Oh, it was a brand. Quasar, it was a brand of television. Okay, I forgot about that. Yeah. It also made uh, microwaves. Ah. ah, the more you know. I'm sure they Go went ahead. out of business as a result of the um, the uh, what it, what it was the uh, uh, the the North American Tra- Free Trade Alliance or whatever NAFTA. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. <clears throat> anyway, let's go back. Donald Trump, is that you? Huh. What the. Long pause. Yeah, I, I just thought we'd let that we'd let that settle in. <laughs> and, uh, um, anyway, so so the story starts out. Judas Traveler is um, you know he's he's obviously in prison somewhere, and he's doing these psionic mind blast or whatever. And and Peter Parker it, it reaches Peter Parker's mind because uh, you got to remember Judas Traveler was introduced as this I don't know what the hell he was, but he he was interested. 
he was fascinated by the nature of good and evil. And therefore he thought that studying Spider-Man and Spider-Ben, you know, would help him understand the nature of good and evil. And I'm thinking if you, I'm thinking, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute. What did, did you escape from season three of the original Star Trek series? I mean, <laughs> you know, didn't that walking, you know, uh, talking hunk of rock, you know, in the Savage Curtain try to do the same thing, you know, but anyway, that any certain traveler surrounded himself with these five people called the host and they all talked amongst themselves and said nothing you know yeah. they just i never liked this character they, they said nothing yeah. it was like they talked in circles all the time and where was this going and you know the traveler displayed these awesome powers and you know, and everything and then like scryer showed up and scryer appeared to be just as awesome and he he had this white you know big black robe and white mask and he was 10 feet tall and you know ooh and and this all figured in with the jackal and everything like that and and we never knew what the hell any of it meant no, none nothing so Anyway, so but now it's time to wrap all this shit up. So anyway, so Peter's having dreams uh, about Judas Traveler while he's laying next uh, next to his pregnant wife in bed. I don't know if there's anything Freudian going on there or not. Anyway, so Peter just you know so he's having bad dreams and uh, at the same time the hosts are starting to fight amongst themselves uh, for some reason. The uh, excuse me, a couple of them named. Boone and Medea, who does not look <laughs> anything like Tyler Perry. <laughs> I was just going to say. Just going to say. This is a bleach, a skinny bleach version of Tyler Perry, I guess. Wow. Uh, they're after Chakra, you know. and uh, that, that was Star Trek V, wasn't it? What, what uh, Spock's brother was after? That was Shakari. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Which was a variation of the name Sean Connery because Sean Connery was the oh, original okay. choice for Cybok. So. And 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 that singer in the seventies, Shaka Khan. Okay, never mind. Oh God, stop! Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You know, I, I I would almost say let's go back to doing the video where Brad plays with toys while we're trying to have intelligent <laughs> discussions. You know, I mean, at least that would kind of like. Uh, yeah, yeah. That would like you know, occupy him and let the rest of us do our our thing here. So anyway, so you know, Chakra is is mad at the at Tyler Perry and Boone for betraying Traveler, and so they're <laughs> fighting amongst themselves. And uh, Peter decides to go to the Get Daily Grind because, where Ben is working as a barista because that's what hip young cool people do uh, is they work as baristas because Peter wasn't hip and cool so he had to be turned into a clone and sent off to Oregon whereas Ben <laughs> <laughs> that's not how it happened but okay that is exactly how it happened he okay. wasn't hip and cool enough because he had this old ball and chain of a wife. You know, and we had to get rid of him, and we had to get rid of her, and we had to introduce a young, hip, cool guy, and he became a barista, and he hung out with at a coffee house with all kinds of interesting people, including Buzz. You know, You're damn right, son. Looked like he looked like George <laughs> Carlin. Uh, so anyway, uh, so Peter's saying, "Hey Ben, I had a dream about uh, uh, Judas Traveler." And Ben says, well, you, oh, that's funny because I had one about Jenny McCarthy. And the uh, funny thing, though, is she kept telling me not to get vaccinated. <laughs> 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 
Well done, Jr. Well nice, done. nice. So, so, <laughs> so anyway, so they're uh, anyway talking about that, and they say, "Yeah, remember those bunch of weirdos that uh, Traveler used to hang around?" Yeah, the host. And Ben says, "I never did get a real handle on Traveler's powers." And then you can almost see an editor's note that says, "Neither did we. Just move on." Um, so anyway, so they're kind of talking amongst themselves, and Peter says, "Yeah, you know, Ben, the reason I came by was, uh, you know, I didn't really wasn't here to tell you about my dreams about old men and, and talking about you and that anti-vaxxer girlfriend of yours. Uh, I really wanted to ask you to uh, be Little May's godfather. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, oh, man, that's, that's really an honor and everything. And so, you know, kind of a nice moment between the Parker brothers and... Uh, well, then we go to uh, to Gaunt, you know, who's this? I've never heard him big... called the Parker Brothers before. That's nice. The, uh, we'll see more that, of that later. Uh, well, that, well, that reminds me of who per, put out the very first Spider-Man video game, Parker Brothers. Yeah. They Let's aren't about brothers. <laughs> what are they? One is a clone. <laughs> Technically, he's, he's the exact same, except with different hair color. And he dyed his hair because that's what cool, hip young people who work as baristas do. He dyed his hair, and then he died. <laughs> turned into a bag of flour. D-Y-E to D-I-E. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. Mm. Sack uh, is in disgust. All right. And the scene switches to a rooftop where Gaunt, you know, who is this uh, emaciated dude in this, this bio suit or whatever, who used who was supposed to be Harry Osborn, but he turned yeah. out to somebody else. Anyway, so he and Scryer are talking with one of the hosts, you know, Mr. Knack, who's always taking notes. You know, why Judas Traveler needed somebody to go around taking notes? I don't know, whatever, but... So they're they're talking about their mutual employer who who is such an evil dude he doesn't co- even consider death to be a viable excuse for failure. So anyway, so Squire is going to go meet with the Rose, which is which will be the third Rose, by the way. Yes. Um, so Peter and uh, so Peter Peter and Spider Ben are uh, going to. Uh, uh, Arkham, I mean <coughs> Ravencroft, uh, <laughs> because uh, Cha- uh, they've been summoned there. And anyway, lest you, for- lest we forget that this is the Clone Saga, we have to be told what's going on. And this, and rather from instead, instead of from Ben's point though, this is from Peter's, which is unusual. Uh, I used to love moments like this, swinging above the city, practically flying. But that's when I was the swinger instead of the swingy. For five years, I thought I was the real Peter Parker, the real Spider-Man. Then I learned I was actually his clone. When, in all the other Clone Saga issues, it's always, oh, I was on the road for five years doing being David Carradine, you know, and and uh, <laughs> I thought I was the clone of Peter Parker. Then it turned out I was the real one, and I have to say this every single god damn time, you know, in the clone saga. So, anyway, anyway, they're at Ravencroft, and Chakra is there. And, you know, she wants to talk to Spider-Ben, and she says that, oh, Traveler's in great danger, and we need, I need your help, uh, Spider-Ben. And uh, so, anyway, so they, uh, you know, so Spider-Man and Chakra decide to go to this old gym. Uh, and uh, they leave Peter behind. So, they go to the old gym, and 
Ben, you know, Spider Ben starts to say, now, wait a minute, I thought Traveler was this all powerful, all super dude god type thing. And Chakra says, oh, no, no, not at all. He, it was all an illusion. You know, he does possess <laughs> limited psionic powers, but his primary talent is the ability to alter people's perceptions of reality. Uh, in other words, I guess a bi legged, you know, pill of, you know, bi legged LSD or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, so. Spider-Ben says, you mean, well, everything about him was fake? Uh, Chakra says, no, but many of the manifestation, manifestation you witnessed were the result of technology supplied by Scryer. Oh, well, Judas was a world-renowned criminal psychologist, but his obsession with the nature of evil brought about a nervous co collapse and the initial indications of his latent mutant skills. So, anyway, what happens then is uh, Boone and uh, Medea... Uh, attack and start fighting Chakra and Spider Ben. And meanwhile, the Scryer is meeting with the Rose, which is the third Rose. We don't know who this Rose is, but we know that uh, the first Rose was uh, Richard Fisk, and we know that mm -hmm. the second Rose was the Blood Rose, uh, who was, uh, I believe, a police detective. Um, Wait a minute. No, no. The second rose was the police detective. The third was the blood rose. And I think the was the third maybe Alfredo. Anyway, so maybe this is actually the fourth rose. But this I, thought is, it was, I thought it was Richard Fisk again on well, Blood Rose. Maybe he was. Maybe it was. But there's. That was Web of Spider Man circa 100. Yeah. We talked about well, it, it was, this month. somewhere. But anyway, I'm confused. I'm, Me too. So. But anyway, this this rose is Jacob Cono, but we don't know that yet. Okay. Um, and anyway, so Scryer is offering the rose an alliance, and the rose says, "Why am I going to lie with you? You've been lying. You've been lying your ass off every time I've talked to you. You know, you were giving me all this. Ooh, I'm Scryer. I'm this hundred year old being. Ooh, and I got all these powers." And he said, "That's bullshit. It's like, are you? It's your organ. The name of your organization. You're just a little little pity ass cult that was almost." Almost out of business six or seven years ago until some mysterious mastermind showed up and took over your organization and fancied himself to be the European equivalent of the kingpin of crime. He honed your fighting <laughs> skills and updated your espionage techniques and outfitted you with sophisticated armaments. Now I'm thinking, boy, this mysterious mastermind has got to be a badass. Oh, he's got to be an awesome badass. I can't wait to see him. There's probably nobody. It would be a disappointment if he turned out to be anybody but Norman Osborn. But that can't be because Norman's dead. But anyway, <laughs> so anyway, at this time back at the gym, a bunch of other scryers show up. And uh, actually, the Peter shows up as Spider-Man to help out Chakra and Spider-Ben. And so, but then Chakra finds, uh, is able to sense Judas Traveler, who's down in the pool in some kind of capsule or whatever. And I, I'm not sure exactly what's going on. I've, uh, I didn't catch up on the last few issues to find out exactly why Traveler is, is down there. But, um, Anyway, so uh, the, the the Rose and the Scryer kind of you know insult each other and and have and uh, depart. And Traveler uh, 
says, he just starts, you know, his eyes start flashing and he says, I've been used, abused, manipulated, blah, blah, blah. Uses his mind powers to kick the scryers all somewhere. And then he and Chakra disappear. But before he leaves, he gives Spider-Man a warning that says, Beware the madman behind Scryer. The monster who has pulled my strings has also orchestrated against you. You must beware, beware, beware. Half <laughs> woozle is very confusing. And, and uh, by the way, the Blood Rose is Richard Fisk. Okay. And here I was doing... I think that was the- like the last thing he did before he got bumped off. Before Vanessa had him killed, wasn't it? I believe so. That's hardcore when your own mother takes you out. No doubt. <laughs> Can I go on? Yes. Yeah, feel free. <laughs> All right, anyway. So, last page, Gaunt, Scryer, and Mr. Noct, who I have no idea, the, you know, he, he's, he's been taking notes. And he, and, he, and he tells Gaunt what happened. And, uh, well, Gaunt figure, you know, decides he's going to kill Scryer, and he kills Scryer, and Scryer falls to the floor dead, and Gaunt says, as I've told you, our employer has zero tolerance for failure. Next month, at long last, Gaunt's mysterious employer is revealed. There you go. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Let's, uh, let's see what else we got this month. We've got uh, Spider-Man 74. Yeah, there wasn't much to this whatsoever. I, uh, in fact, I don't even know that I even took notes on this one. I went through it. It's uh, a relatively uninspiring tale. Uh, we uh, we got Mac Mackie and JRJR. J. Yeah, um, it's just it's kind of a placeholder until the until the Clone Saga is over. Uh, as you know, like this big fat gangster by the name of Jimmy Six is living with Ben Riley, yeah. Um, yeah. and what happens is Peter learns of a plot against the um, this crime boss named Fortunato. Uh, apparently, uh, all the other crime bosses in New York uh, are getting pretty sick of Fortunato, so they're going to gang up on him and kill him. And this includes like Tombstone and Silvermane and Cesar Cicero, who I don't know if we'd seen since uh, the, the Stone Tablet uh, uh, <laughs> um, story back in uh, Amazing 70-something or other. Anyway, they're all going to gang up on Fortunato and kill him, and uh, so Jimmy Six is uh, Jimmy Six leaves to go uh, go there as well. And Spider Ben thinks that Jimmy is going to kill for, go kill Fortunato along with the rest of the hoods, but no, it turns out that uh, Fortunato is actually Jimmy Six's father, and Jimmy Six is actually trying to warn him. Uh, but during the conflagration or whatever, Spider Ben gets captured. Uh, the next issue, uh, they're going to, you know, kill Spider-Man in front of all, you know, Fortunato is going to kill him in front of all the other gang lords to show just what a badass he is and how everybody has to kneel before him and pray before Zod. And, uh, <laughs> and then of course, Daredevil, you know, this is, this is where Daredevil shows up. Daredevil, um, shows up and, uh, saves Spider-Man's ass, Spider-Man's ass. And, uh, you know, basically they save a whole bunch of other people as well. Um, uh, and that's pretty well it. I mean, that's if, if yeah, you've not no, read um, the story, Ben and Daredevil are pretty chummy in this story, and you're probably wondering why. Uh, actually, Ben did appear in uh, Daredevil three thirty or three fifty six, which is in the Clone Saga traits, and kind of explained the whole what was going on with the whole clone stuff. So, this is not the first time these two have interacted, but it is the first time they've interacted in a Spider Man book. Mm. And you're welcome. Why are, That's why this is this is why you brought the clone saga expert in. <laughs> why are, why are they so chummy? Um, 
because they they teamed up in an adventure in Daredevil, and and so he kind of explained, hey, this is what's been going on, and so that's why they're all buddy buddy in this issue. So so what? Murdoch knows that it's a club. That well, does he knows? Well, the- <clears throat> he knows that it's that he's he's Ben Riley because I guess Peter has explained to to Ben that Daredevil knows who who he is. So there was a bit of an off panel explanation in that Daredevil issue. Oh, I'll be. Okay, where are we going now, JR? Where do you want to go, Spec? No, 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 let's save Spec. Let, okay. Let's do Sensational. Okay. Ah. Sensational Spider Man number. Can I play the role of Kevin yeah. in this? Yeah, absolutely. Somebody has oh, to. Oh, we gotta go. Sw- we're doing Swarm. Yes, the Nazi the... skeleton covered in bees. Yeah. Well, oh, gee, here I was going to set you up for it, and, and your joke would have had more impact. But screw that. Uh, anyway, sorry if if, if 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 Brad knew of the beauty of editing, we could do a take two. Well, that's all I right. Brad usually uh, j- jumps in and spoils the jokes anyway. So <laughs> I'm just playing Jesus. the role of Brad. There we go. Anyway, this is the second of a two-part story featuring Swarm, the Nazi skeleton covered in bees. So anyway, the story here is hordes of bees, trillions upon trillions of bees, have been coming to New York. And they, with Swarm, have come to this place called the Institute of Seismoharmonic Studies. Okay, apparently during Onslaught, Onslaught, because I guess that's why the event is called Onslaught, because the guy behind it was called Onslaught, Anyway, because we talked about this actually a little while ago, because uh, uh, there was the, the whole Sentinel thing in Spider-Man, and there was no story whatsoever. The Sentinels just walked around, Spider-Man and Peter ran from them, and that was it. And we weren't told really what was going on, uh, because Marvel wanted us to buy the rest of all that bullshit, and most of us who had since <laughs> didn't. So, anyway. I bought it. Basically proving JR's point. Exactly. Yeah, and and uh, and that yes, I was about to say bought by the same person who has the entire uh, run of Nightwatch. I do, I do. So I also have a complete run of Blood Wolf. Remember that? Oh my god! <laughs> that's is that bad. is that like Marvel or is that Image? No, that's Marvel. I feel like there that's should Mar- be an intervention. <laughs> Well, no, I needed it in the 90s. I don't buy you everything You need now. it in the 90s. You never needed it. No one ever needed that. Blood, Blood Wolf sounds like an image character. Actually, well, so does can... Nightwatch. Yeah. But then again, Nightwatch, Nightwatch was, was an image character. character yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be uh, technical. Uh, so, hey, well, what happened was during Onslaught, Onslaught, you know, sent out this psionic blast or whatever, and it disrupted the telepathic bond between the Nazi skeleton and all his bees. So <laughs> now he's coming to this Philharmonic place to try to get that frequency back. And issue nine actually was where we first learned that Peter and Mary Jane were having a little girl. Uh, that's where they went in for their uh, sonogram. Uh, the sonogram, thank you. And uh, found out they were having a little girl. So anyway, issue number 10. Um, Actually, Ben is on a date with Desiree Winthrop, who, as we met back in podcast number 356 in January 2015, Natch, uh, she was obvious love interest number two. And yes. Jessica Carradine was obvious love interest number one. 
anyway, she's actually gotten she's she's gotten tickets uh, for Ben and her to go to the hottest show on Broadway, uh, which nobody can really get tickets for uh, except a rich chick like her who has latent telepathic powers, which we really don't ever find out for sure. But uh, anyway, that, uh, however, is not Hamilton. It's actually Rent, which five hundred twenty five thousand six hundred minutes. Sorry. <laughs> Everyone has AIDS. AIDS, 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 AIDS. <laughs> That was the greatest part of AIDS, Team America. Everyone has AIDS. Come on, everybody. We got quilting to do. Everybody's got it and my old dog flu. I was about to say, we're not going to pay, but I certainly am paying right now by bringing that up. Anyway, so... During the show, Spider-Ben, you know, I mean, because all the bees, you know, are all over the place now. And so Spider-Ben goes to the Institute where he learns the scientists have, that are, be, are being forced to repair that psionic field and make it stronger. And soon Swarm will have control over every bee in the entire world. Well, Spider-Man creates a field to disrupt the bees again and everything. You know, they all fall asleep. And in the end, Liz Allen is going through the names of Multivex. Uh, subsidiary of Osborne Industries because several issues ago the Multivex plant blew up or something crazy like that. A whole bunch of Blood bad Brothers. publicity. Huh? Uh, uh, Blood, uh, that was during the Blood Brothers arc. Blood Brothers. And uh, so she's like, she wants the personnel files and all the employees of Multivex, including one by the name of Seward or Seward Trainer. And he call, and she calls Donald Minkin, the personnel officer, to, and tells him to bring her, her their personnel files. And Minkin thinks, be careful where you dig, lest you discover something that could cost you dearly. The or to be continued. Mm. See, if an employee told Minkin, me that, I'd fire them. Uh, Minkin yeah, actually was. But considering who he's working for, that's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Donald Minkin was also brought in specifically to uh, tease. Uh, he was one of two teases for Hobgoblin Lives. Uh, this was the first, and the second tease was actually Kingsley showing up in the last Unlimited issue. So, so you're saying this guy was a big tease? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I kind of liked uh, Sensational when Zago and Ringo were doing it. I, I kind of liked it that book. It was jo- fun. Yeah. George, I bet you love the cover with Ben uh, getting stung hundreds of times by bees. <laughs> it would have been better had he died. That didn't happen. <laughs> You're number one, um, which would have been funny because because then we know that if the bees had killed him, he would have still turned into a bag of flour. <laughs> All right, you want to go spec now? Huh? Absolutely, this is the way to this is the way to end it. And uh, yep, spec. Actually, this had a variant cover. Yes, there uh, there's one cover that uh, it looks like a, a web with uh, Spider Man uh, Spider Ben in it with uh, multiple faces like Joe Robertson and. Uh, Peter and Mary Jane. I don't know who the blonde is. Oh, is that Jill Stacy? No, who is that? Hang on, let me look. Uh, I was not a fan of Luke Ross's art. Really? I I know you are, but I'm not. You like Luke? You didn't like Luke Ross, huh? No, I didn't really. Uh, anyway, the uh, the variant cover and Jr. hates when I talk about covers uh, was a Halloween cover with a very pregnant uh, Mary Jane walking, holding hands with Peter, and a pumpkin in the foreground. That is the only um, cover we ever saw with Mary Jane fully pregnant. Yep. 
Well, All right, go ahead, Jerry. Well, it's not that I I, I don't uh, d- dislike the fact that you like the covers. It's in fact, actually, it's George I think that's made more fun of you. But it's just the way that you <laughs> always augment the grades based on the covers. I, yes, I which covers. has nothing to do with the issue. With has yeah. nothing to do with the story going on or or the, or the nothing. <laughs> anyway, revelations. The blonde, uh, that blonde is Desiree, by the way. Who's Desiree? That Obvious was. love interest number two. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, a Neil yeah, yeah. Diamond song. And the how, and the, one be, the one below Seward, I think, is Liz Osborne. So how how about the guy with the beard? That is Siwa Trina. Okay, and the blonde is what again? Uh, that is the one below him is yeah. uh, that should be Liz Osborne. Okay, who's the other lady? See if I'm not. I, I, yeah, well, you got uh, below her is uh, uh, <sighs> the owner of the Daily Grind. Oh, okay, got and it. And then Jonah, James. yeah, and then Gaunt. Not Harry Osborne. Okay, take us through what happened in Revelations. Revelations. Part, this is where it all was supposed to come to an end. Revelations, part one of yep. four. The most, the, the finally, the long-awaited end yeah. of the Clone Saga. Anyway, yep. so we're introduced to Gaunt floating in a big vat of liquid, and he's telling Trainer that this had better work, and Trainer says, "Hey." We stole it from the set of The Empire Strikes Back where Luke was floating in it, and he turned out okay. <laughs> and then some mysterious dude walks in and says, Hey, just check it up on the whole Gaunt revitalization thing. How you doing? And Trainer goes, It's him! The one behind Gaunt! The one pulling all the strings! Oh my god! Gotta warn Ben and Peter! Meanwhile, Peter and Mary Jane are engaging in awful dialogue that no one... <laughs> That no one who was ever married ever said to each other. What's some of the dialogue? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, in a minute okay. here. I mean, so in, this tells me that Dodd, Todd DeZigo could not have been married. Because <laughs> okay. married people do not talk like this. And for the record, I am not making shit up. All right. All right. This is actually, Let's put it Mary, right. so you, you want to do a dramatic reading? I'll, I'll play Mary Jane. You play. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. This is my segment. All right. <laughs> Shut down. And Damn. This baby that we're having, this family we're starting, means more to me than I'd realized. But I don't think I could do this if it wasn't if I wasn't doing it with my best friend. You're my best friend, Peter, my husband, and I love you so much. And I love you, Mary Jane. And our daughter is going to be the happiest, most loved baby in the whole world. You're my best friend, MJ. You're my wife, my life, my love, my heart. I don't know what I'd do for that. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do without you. And this, this, if any, if oh, the people who hated the marriage hated it for reasons like this. Married people do not talk like this to each other. Oh, yeah. I, 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 no, I mean, That's they don't even, they hated it. They hated they don't it even talk like this when they're dating and actually in love with each other. Um, yeah. And so anyway, Mary Jane gets on a bus. A sweet and, scene. And ben, so talk about sweet here. Ben jumps out of a tree and says, listening to you and MJ talk like that makes me so ill I want to dissolve into a pile of powdered sugar. So, <laughs> so Ben was also psychic. <laughs> clairvoyant, you know, you can see the future. <laughs> honest, honestly, God, it was like he might as well have said it made him sick because it certainly. I, I, and, and really, I mean, there's all kinds. Of, Mary Jane and Peter had this kind of dialogue all the time. I, it's like, 
who wrote this? Who writes this shit? I mean, nobody who was ever married. No, people don't talk like that to each other. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Trainer is now hiding outside Ben's apartment. And Lily, and he's he's trying to hide, so he's forced to wear an X Men ball cap. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's saying, "I know, be conspicuous. I know all of Ben's secrets, but he doesn't know all mine, and I've been forced to deceive him and Peter about who was the clone and who was the original. But Ben has no idea who he's up against." So I, I think we've been pretty well told beforehand that there was going to be a big switcheroo, weren't we? That Peter was going to be back again. There was a house ad that basically was the cover to Spider-Man 75 that says the return of the one true Spider-Man. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So anyway, so the, an explosion blows up Ben's apartment and it's gone. And he's been rejuvenated into some big-ass robot. Meanwhile, back at the day It should have been a hand. Yeah. In retrospect. Meanwhile, back at the Daily Grind, Morticia Adams, also known as... Al- <laughs> <laughs> oh, begins work as a waitress. And Shirley Washington, who the owner of the Daily Grind, the hip place that Ben works as a barista, because young people in this hip age, that's where they do, what they do is they dye their hair blonde and they work as baristas and they have love interest, obvious love interest number one and obvious love interest number two to choose oh, from. Um, so anyway, at this time, so anyway, so we see her and we we obviously know that uh, Morticia is up to no good. So anyway, Ben and Peter are hanging out in the old Parker attic and they tell a bad Bud Light joke. Um, so uh, I think there was a reference to a commercial back then. Yes, it was. I love you, man. You're not getting my Bud Light. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. So, anyway, Liz Allen, uh, president of Osborne Industries, she's talking with Foggy Nelson, who she's screwing. And uh, oh, oh, I remember that. Yeah. And apparently, you know, both she and Ben Urich believe the other have written them notes to me at the Daily Bugle later tonight. Well, anyways, Liz is talking to Foggy. And uh, says, you know, hey Foggy, uh, why don't you bring uh, why don't you bring your friend Charlie Cox with you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and by the way, you know, cut your goddamned hair. You look like a hippie. You know, in fact, you look like a weenie. I mean, you know, why why would Daredevil have such a weenie looking friend like you? Anyway, so because he does, he does, he looks like a weenie. That's, that's not what that's not what was written. My God, yeah, you're no, but it might you're glossing over some of the best parts of this issue too. <laughs> I'm a little offended right now. <laughs> Go right ahead and be offended because the clone saga offended all of us for years. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Anyway, so Liz is talking, but behind her, you see this big portrait, and you see the bottom the plate that says "Our Founder." Ooh, another hint. Ooh, and of course, I you know I mean I I pretty well figured out what was happening, so I just was like you know. Besides myself, you know, I mean, with my, you know, like, oh boy, it was, uh, you were excited. it was almost autoerotic in a way. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, Man. Peter, anyway, back in the attic, the Parker brothers are talking, uh, playing Battleship, and, uh, <laughs> which actually they really are playing Battleship. Oh, they are. <laughs> that, playing Battleship. That's ironic. That's a Parker brothers game. Yes. I think, or maybe Hasbro, I'm not sure. Anyway, ben, Peter tells Ben that Aunt May knew they were both Spider-Man. At the Bugle, mysterious workers show up who have references from Osborne Industries and Multivex. Trainer tries to reach the Bugle, but is killed by the mysterious mastermind. Peter and Ben um, 
here they are. They're playing Battleship while MJ, when MJ calls, and they say they'll all meet up later. But a mysterious eavesdropper says, don't count on it, Peter. <laughs> to be continued. Yeah. That, boys and girls, is part one of Revelations, the end of the clone saga. And everybody sighs a big sigh of relief. True. And then they cheer at the end when the, when, when the clone turns into a bag of... Uh, yeah, not... That's <laughs> you all. Uh, well, there, there's uh, some other spider uh, stuff yeah, that came I out in 96. A... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say a couple of things, because... Are they uh, recipes that include flour? No! <laughs> Are, 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 are they reasonable justifications for you hanging around this entire time? Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, little artistic things. You mentioned you mentioned the our founder thing, but the, if you look at the uh, first page when they're in the wide shot of the attic, if you look at Ben Riley, right above Ben Riley, there's an upside down horseshoe. Uh, oh, oh, bad luck. Yeah. Man. So, and then and then you've got uh, Alice, you know, Alison Mongrain, aka uh, Morticia Adams, uh, right above her head. On one of the close-up shots, right before Shirley says "chili," that there's a witch. So it tells you that that's um, some uh, some bad ones. So there were some fun little uh, uh, artistic things that were done in this issue that Jr. obviously decided not to point out. Uh, but the, in the, the interest of time, <laughs> I was I was which we're wasting anyway. The, uh, I, 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 should have, I should have paid attention to that witch apparition when it appeared above my wife's head when I first met her. <laughs> The other thing, according to our friends over at SpiderFan.org, there's a couple other spider things that came out this month. We'll talk about them real quick. Uh, JR, did you ever read that hardcover uh, trilogy by D- Diane Duane? Uh, there was the Venom Factor, the Octopus Agenda. Uh, I forget what the third one was called, but the uh, oh no, I take this back. Octopus Agenda was wrapped it up. The Lizard Sanction was part two. I, I have actually, I have a copy of the Venom Factor, but I've never read it. Mm-hmm. You've never read it. That's pretty. It's pretty good. Came with the trading card, if I remember in the front. This uh, the the trilogy ended this month with the Octopus Agenda. I liked them back when I read them back in '96. Diane Duane was a good writer. Yeah, they were really good. I I think. Yeah. Uh, What else came out this month? Spider Man teams up with Gen (laughs) Thirteen. Written by Peter David and Stuart Eminen. Yeah. An early Spider-Man Stuart Eminen. Did you read this, Jr.? No. No? I re- didn't really read I had to pick J- that, I had a chance yeah. to pick that up at, at Homeland once, and I didn't do it. You didn't? George, should I even ask? You picked up everything, Image. Back then in the day, yeah, I, I was getting a lot of this. I did get Gen 13. It was one of the few things that I actually enjoyed uh, from... Um, image back then uh, i just i it was just it was like you know watching an action film it was just kind of good popcorn fun did you read this one uh yeah no I, I actually had this one yeah i did too i forget what the story's about but uh what else came out this month um venom the hunger anybody remember that one that was, the hunger number four <laughs> where the revelation is is he's hungry for chocolate oh yes i can think that's right yeah He's, he's, oh, okay. he's hankering for some, he's 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 a he's a damn hippie hankering for some chocolate after smoking yeah. some doobies. Marvel uh, fanfare came back in the ninety nine cent version, uh, and Spider Man or Spider Ben teamed up with the god awful ugly Ghost Rider new costume, where they fought the Wendigo. That came out in November ninety six. Uh, covered by uh, Mark or uh, Mike Ringo, actually. It doesn't look like a Ringo. It is. It is. 
It's an early Ringo. Or as okay. Ashley would say, when when Digo. <laughs> it's like a it's like a pop man is who it looks like. Uh, let's see. Uh, Twenty ninety nine uh, World of Tomorrow was ending. Man, what a bad book that was. Such a I, I, they the the world flooded and they all went on an island. Do you remember anybody read that I one? I think they went to the Savage Land, didn't they? Yeah, they went to the Savage Land. That's right. Yeah. And that book lasted eight issues. Uh, Spider Man Twenty ninety nine was in that. Uh, Alex Savick was kicked off of uh, Web and went to Adventures of Spider-Man number 18, which were, or Adventures of Spider-Man number 8 for this month. Um, there was just adaptions of the 90s cartoon mainly, if I remember. Uh, there was also some original stories during that period as well yeah. that was in, Not the, many. In, in the, in the, set in the universe. Yeah. Untold Tales. Oh, and Untold Tales, uh, number 15 came out. Let's see what the cover of this is. Uh, Kurt Busiek, Pat Olaf, and has... Uh, Gordon. That is Gordon, which was Betty Brant's boyfriend. Oh, I don't remember this one. Yeah, it was, I, I remember this one. It was Betty Brant's boyfriend. Uh, she was... He was, um, he was a bookie of Bennett Brant's. They broke yeah. up before her and Peter got together, and he comes, he comes trying to get, you know, trying to hustle uh, Jonah for some money and ends up uh, I should probably reread Untold. It's been 20 years since I've read it. I, I liked it when it came out. It was often the best book of the month. And it, well, <laughs> the, uh, yeah. the review was done back in 2004 for Spider Fan, but they gave it five out of five web ads. So yeah, very nice. All right, so Jr. Was this a good month? Hmm. Well, considering that it was uh, the Clone Saga was wrapping up, I guess yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was finally, you know, finally good to get that out of the way. And uh, yeah. but um, I, it was it was okay. Yeah. The, the 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 scenes with Peter and Ben playing Battleship in the attic, that's some of my favorite scenes. Because that was where you really felt like that there was a brotherly like bond <laughs> between the two characters. And the amount of missed potential that could have been had they not decided to kill Ben off. Uh, missed potential had they not decided to turn him into a bag of flour. <laughs> you know, I've, I've lost track of how many times I've walked down the aisles of my local grocery. <laughs> seen a bag of flour and thought, my God, it feels like my brother. <laughs> I felt a little oh, oh, thing that I, learned, that I later turned into effing cookies. Oh, no, man. The middle fingers. And that was this month inspired. <laughs> <laughs>